It's time for the What They Thought Podcast. It's time for the What They Thought Podcast. It's time for the What They Thought Podcast. It's time. It's time. It's time, y'all. All right, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Wealthy Thoughts Podcast. This is your girl, Jay Williams. It must be Thursday at 1 because I'm back on the mic dropping knowledge in your ears. Hey, I have a very special guest today, Mr. Kevin Moody, otherwise known as the motivational educator, y'all. Kevin, thank you so much for dropping by the Wealthy Thoughts Podcast. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, let me t- let me let me just put a disclaimer. This is a very special guest that we have on the podcast today. Um, and you you guys are going to know exactly what I'm talking about when we get into what we're going to get into. But just to give my guests a little intro before we hop into this back and forth to and fro conversation. Um, he is a motivational speaker. He is a financial literacy educator. He helps the kids all over the world, okay? He speaks life into people, and he teaches people how they can walk in their gift and speak. So, Kevin, yes, man. tell me a little bit about your industry. How did you become a motivational speaker? I became a motivational speaker, honestly, just by, I would say, being me. Um, I am a, a, a servant. I never realized it until... Honestly, just people telling me about myself, you know. So, I mean, I would say that I've been in the industry for 16 years because when I turned 18, I started working for the school system here in Baltimore City. Also started coaching football. A few years after that, I worked for the Baltimore City Juvenile Justice Center, working with children. And then um, back in 2015, I started working in my current career as a police officer. So, I mean, just dealing with people every single day. I'm out there talking to people. come up to me just because they see me in my uniform and want to tell me about their problems. And I mean, I never realized it until other officers actually told me, like, I could tell, you, you know, you really changed that person's mindset. Wow. Okay. Can we talk a little bit more about that? You know, cause some people already have a preconceived notion about law enforcement. You know, what do you say to people who think you're going to do something harmful to them or, or, you know, how, how do you deal with that? Because, you know, especially these days and times, everyone's temperature is a little high. Mm-hmm. Listen, you asked the question that, um, I, I honestly love when people ask me this question because it gets me to tell, you know, what actually helped me, what helped, what, what, what started me in this career. I started this job in 2015. Again, I work in Baltimore City. So if anybody knows, you know, the significance of 2015 in Baltimore City would be Freddie Gray. Oh, yeah. So I remember vividly the day that those riots happened was the day that I had my psychological evaluation at, at work. Oh, wow. And I had my psych, to make a long story short, I had my, my, I had my psychological test. I left. I went to my mother's house, was telling her about the test. And she had the TV on. We weren't. Look, we weren't paying any attention to it. Say breaking news across the screen. And then it goes to downtown Baltimore. And it's showing everything that's going on within the city. And I remember when I left the psychological exam, I used to uh, ask people when I went on interviews, you know, we were finished, so when can I start? And the guy told me about a pen. The state has to allocate money 
set it to the side for your for your pay. Mm -hmm. So I remember this one scene that the 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 news cameras zoomed in on this van that was on fire when it zoomed in <laughs> it was the police agency that i had just left and i remember looking at oh, my mother wow. like yeah I, I think that's my pen so it's probably going to be a minute before i get that job you know like anytime people ask me that you know i go back to that that was the day that i had that psychological exam mm. most people probably would have been like i don't want any parts of this but that actually made me want the job okay. so to answer your question you know i just tell people i know what you're feeling i understand what you're going through and that's why I decided to do this. You know, if you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. I want to see more people like us who knows what we're going through to take care of us. Absolutely. I mean, I totally agree with that. Um, 110 percent. Wow. That's just um, that that had to be mind blowing. To have gone through that, I I can't even imagine, you know, how you went forward after that. Honestly, um, a lot of people wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I have. So, you know, that shows your strength and your character and just your conviction, like you said, wanting to help and wanting to be a part of the solution rather than the problem. Mm -hmm. So you do a lot with, with the youth, don't you? You I talk do. to kids a lot, which I think is just awesome. So again, work for Baltimore City School System, 18. I worked at an elementary middle school. I worked at an elementary and then two other elementary schools mm -hmm. at also at 18, started coaching football. The, the age group I coached was 8, 10. So I had 8 to 10-year-olds. But that organization had kids from the age of 5 all the way up to 14. Um, and it's crazy because back then I was a coach. And, I mean, I could deal with my kids and talk to my kids on a one-on-one -on -one basis. But at mm -hmm. the end of the games or the end of practices, when everybody came over, you know, the other coaches and the parents, and it was just a big group of people, you know, everybody thought it was funny. They would always ask me if I had something to say, and it was always, no, I <laughs> wouldn't talk in front of people. So it's funny. Really? I say it all the time. People laugh like, wow. oh, like I'm shy. People never yeah, believe. Yeah, that that's that's a that's a, see. You think you know it? You think you know a person? I did not know that. You know, I, I Kevin can it. talk, y'all. Kevin can <laughs> talk. <laughs> that's a nugget I didn't have. Yep, that's a fun <laughs> fact. You know, so when I tell people like I'm shy, you know, they don't believe it. I'm like, I'm telling you. But mm. I mean, I would. I could deal with my kids and I love my kids. You know what I yeah. mean? I would deal with them. We could be in practice, all of the kids in the huddle with me, but once you brought other people, you know, but now, I mean, I've gotten out of that again. Maybe it was, it's because of the job that I have, you know, I'm mm. not just a police officer, I'm a sergeant now. So I got to have a roll call every day, you okay. know, just being outside um, at work, you know, it's times where, you know, we've had situations, you know, we've had that stuff with George Floyd where, you yeah. know, you've had some uh, time of unrest where we're out there and we deal with crowds of people and you just, you know, you get used yeah, to you it. have to be heard at that mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So yeah, then maybe that's what made me, you know, more comfortable talking in front of people. But going and talking to these kids, it's always been my passion. Working down in the juvenile justice center today, literally today, um, mm -hmm. I was down Penn North and I seen this kid in a, in a, in a uh, wheelchair. And honestly, not a kid, I'm sorry. I saw this man in a wheelchair. And mm. I kept looking at him because he looked super familiar. I've had 10 million jobs and a lot of the jobs, you know, I've worked around a lot of people. So I don't know where I know him from. And I kept looking at the guy. And of course, I had his uniform on and he looking at me. So I just walked over to him like, you know, did you play football down first and 10? That's where I coached. And um, he was like, nah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not trying to judge you or anything, but you ever down babies? And he was like, yeah, you know, I stayed on 31. I said, oh. that was my unit. And he looked at me like, Oh, oh, you didn't, know, didn't recognize who you were. Right. So um, 
you know, just like, man, you grown and you in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that was, you know, just some things. He, he got shot a couple of years ago and that's why he's in a wheelchair now. But I mean, you know, we had a good conversation and it was, again, kind of what I do on a daily basis, kind of walking in this purpose, something that I have been doing. Again, like I said, I've been in this industry, we could say for 16 years, because it's something I've been doing without even knowing. Right. So I right. said some, some, some empowering words with them and, you know, I'm supposed to follow up with them. And, okay. um, you know, I'm, I'm just still doing that. So when I get a chance to go into a school and speak to these kids, I'm going mm. to do, I'm gonna do That's it. That's amazing. So with a, a, a situation like that, that literally just popped up, you know, you didn't, you didn't plan for to, to share that story, I'm sure, but it just kind of coincided what we, what we're talking about. But for your clients, what do you provide for your clients? What do you, you know, provide where you think you can make a difference? What, why do they need me? Or what do I? Yeah, why, why would they need you? Why would they like, not even just the kids, anyone? Because I know you, you deal with business professionals as well and entrepreneurs and CEOs as well. Yeah, so I, I say my clients need me because I'm able to literally speak life into others, like you said when we um when when they started. I mean, through through my current career, you know, I've dealt with people who've come up to me just needed to vent. Mm. Um, some people out here living hard lives, they deal with issues that some of us couldn't even imagine. You know, you think that your life is hard, and I go outside and there's somebody who it makes you appreciate the the struggles and the problems that you have. So, you know what I mean? I've had to have difficult conversations with adults, like the man that I had a conversation with today. So, you mm -hmm. know, I know the pain points. I know the struggle. And I've witnessed people go through a lot of things and also make it through it. So, you know, it's a lot of times that I've learned or a lot of things that I've learned with being a motivational speaker or a public speaker. It's, um, it's not just talking about the problems, but it's also telling people or showing them how they can make it through. So I've mm, seen people, very important point. Very important. So I've seen people, you know, just saying, you know, they're sick of it. They suffering from addiction, and mm. they just, you know, and mental health is, you know, something that's very big. Mm -hmm. And you know, we've had conversations. You know, I may not be me, you know, but um, I'm sure it had something to do with what I said. You know, I give them uh, cards from different uh, rehabilitation centers that I've that I've. Uh, collected or now being in this network that we're in, I know mental health therapists that I can yeah. give them that information. And then, you know, I won't see them for a while, a couple months. Right. Then right. I'll see them walking down the street and they're talking to me. I don't have a clue who they are. And it's because they look amazing. They clean, you know, and they come in and thank me. And, and that's a very important point, guys. Uh, I want you to hear that because he said, you know, because sometimes you cannot solve anyone's problem, but you can be a vessel. You can be a vessel and say, hey, I may not have what you need, but I'm going to point you in a direction of somebody that can help you. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think that that's what I provide for them. No, literally, because of my job and because of what I go through, what I deal with and who I deal with on a daily basis, is able. Mm -hmm. I'm able to give real life experiences, situations and examples of not just the pain or struggle that you're going through, but also I'm able to say, and look, this person, you know, was going through this, this, this and that. And now they are whatever or whoever, you know, and yeah. that just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, sometimes people just need a little hope. It's it's amazing what a little hope goes a long way. And I don't think that people realize that. And like you said, you sh we should not be suffering in silence. We've mm -hmm. done that enough. 
Um, and especially over the course of the past couple of years, I know that almost everyone is on edge. Uh, so what you're doing is so vitally important. So that's why I really wanted to talk to you because what you're doing, we need more people doing it. And we need more people out here and spreading the word. Yes, I agree. Um, you have people out here who are suicidal. You have people out here who, you know, just, just, some just want somebody to talk to. Some just need to vent. Sometimes they just want you to sit there and just let them talk. Yeah. So we can help provide all of that. And through my job, I'm able to do that. And I guess that's where I get, I get hands-on experience. You know, you got places they want on-the-job experience. I get, I'm get. i not a therapist, but I have on-the-job experience. Yeah, I can imagine what your day looks like. Like I said, uh, it, it, it takes a strong person to go out there and suit up every day and do, and do what you do. I wouldn't do it, but I appreciate you for doing it. Now, let me ask you, um, what, what, what do you consider like your best win? Um, since you've, you've jumped feet first into this, this space or even your, your, the most devastating loss, or maybe not even a loss, but something that you've learned. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, so not my, my, my best win. I'm going to give it to you. But the first thing I'll say for a win, again, just something that happened. My best one would be something that happened to me Friday. So I'll get into that. But, but originally, if Friday didn't happen, I would have just said, you know, going back to when I was coaching football, you know, there's a lot of kids who I keep calling them kids. They're going to always be kids to me, but they men. Right. <laughs> you know, graduated college. They started families. They're great fathers. Um um, one last year, I went to his baby shower, and then a week later, he had a housewoman, bought his first house, only like 23 wow. or 24 years nice. old. Nice. So, you know, we definitely, you know, lost some to the streets, of course, but um, even, you know, even even with them, you know, when I'm, if even if I'm at work, you know, they, you know, feel how they feel about the police, but I promise you, if I pull up to some of those kids that I coach and I'm in full uniform at the job, the respect is still there, you know, and they go, wow. you know, so that's, that's an amazing feeling. Because, you know, somebody can be your best friend and you can be in a certain situation and they go, oh, you know, you thought they were your best friend and they start treating you a little funny. But these kids right. on a corner, whatever, and I pull up in a, in a and they dare somebody to disrespect me, you know, because of what we had and what was built and created when they were kids. Mm -hmm. So um, that that's amazing to me. I mean, I told you I love the kids. Now, what I'm going to say, my best win, literally mm -hmm. this and this, this Friday, I was actually on my way to a rec center to speak to some kids. And while I was on my way there, very good friend of mine. I mean, he's more more like a brother than any than, than a friend. Um, my phone rings and, you know, his his name pops up. I answer the phone and it wasn't even him on the phone. It was a, a girl crying. It was his um, kid's mother. And she was just like, you know, she needed some help. She told me that, you know, he had gotten out the car and just expressed that he wasn't um happy with being here for lack of better words. Oh no. And yeah, and um, you know, so we got off the phone. I made a few phone calls to get some people down there to go try to look for him. He left, she was calling me from his phone because he left his phone and oh my goodness. anything that he could be tracked in the car. Wow. So we can't track him. We just gotta try to find him. Yeah, yeah. Um, being as and dope, time was of the essence. Time was of the essence. So I mean I called I think I had about four or five people down there you know, looking. And I still ran in. I did my, um, I made that commitment. I went and I spoke to the uh, kids and then I left. Um, by the time I left, my phone was ringing and they had actually found him. Um, and he was okay. Oh. And they were just like, 
they weren't getting a response from him. you know like he just was you know it was like you know if you could you know can you try can you come that's a question you don't even have to ask first of all but yeah, yeah. I'm on my way so when i got down there I man i walked down the steps i shook his hand and when we you know got to this part of it he just held on to my hand mm. and you know, I'm looking at him and he's looking at me, but with me looking in his eyes, he wasn't, he was looking through me. His eyes looked like glass, like he wasn't there. Yeah. You know? He had so checked just, out. Yeah. I had just sat down and I let everybody, you know, who was in the room, you know, just continue to talk. And I just sat there and, mm. you know, eventually, you know, they just got up and left us down there. And, you know, I just said to him, you know, what's wrong? And I ain't talking about today because what happened today wasn't from today correct you know and he just you know tears just you know started coming down his face and he you know told me you know three things that he said that was wrong with him and um i'm like nah you know what i mean um you know one of the things he said you know like i'm a failure no you're not you know um but again i could just tell like you know something was going on again like i said this thing this word i keep using is network you know, I was able to reach out to someone in my network who is a mental health professional, you know, sent the message, you know, this is what's yeah. going on. You know, I could try to set him up with a session with you. He has insurance, whatever, whatever. But right now, do you think that I could call you real quick and you have a conversation with me and just let yeah. me know? You know what I mean? I Sure. It wasn't even a, sure. So, you know, and, spoke, and that's where those networks become invaluable. I mean, spoke spoke with him you know he was saying you know he's interested in the therapist whatever whatever um but again i was actually able to before i got there all he was saying is yes no and i don't feel like it. you know he actually was talking to me not a lot but i got more than anyone else mm-hmm. so i got him to speak to the therapist and she wasn't on the phone with him long and she told me step away from him when i got the phone back and was like you need to get him to a hospital you know he's he needs to be evaluated he's not playing she was like he need to go to the hospital. And she actually told me that, um, you know, you probably shouldn't tell him because I don't think he's going to go. Okay. And so when we got off the phone, you know, I just was like, you know, was that bad talking to us? She, he said, no. And um, he was like, I think she want me to get evaluated though. I said, well, are you going to listen? And he said, no. And I said, well, um, why not? He was like, I just don't have the strength. I don't feel like it. So, um, I remember when he was young, he used to always have to go to the hospital because he would, he had bronchitis. Like he would be in the hospital for a week, you know? So at first I asked him, you know, did you catch COVID? And he said, no. And then I was like, well, what about, what was that that you had when you was younger? And he was like bronchitis. And I was like, did you like that feeling? Yeah. And that's why he didn't, he didn't mm-hmm. like to go to the hospital. You think? Well, no, no, it wasn't that. It was a point that I was trying to make. And this is what, you know what I mean? So I was like, did you like that feeling? And he was like, I got used to it. I think he knew I was going with it. I said, I, asked oh. you I, got used to it. I said, did you like the feeling? I said, because even if you got used to it, mm. it still hurt. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, what you're telling me right now is you want to continue feeling the way that you feel. And so he looked Oof. at me and he was like, well, when do we got to go? And I'm like, now. Come on now. You know what I mean? We got to go right now. He stood up and said, let's get it over with. Jackson got in that living room and everybody was sitting in that living room because everybody was like, I know he's not going to go. And he was like, what y'all about to do? And he was like, I'm going to go to the hospital. You know, people's eyes got huge. And he went to the hospital and, and, and got evaluated. I, I'm, I'm, that just happened this past weekend. That's, that's going to have to be my best win. Vessel. Okay. Used as a vessel. going to have to be. I, I'll say it again. That, that's an amazing story. And I, I 
my heart goes out to that young man and I hope he gets it, you know, the help he needs and desires. And I'm, I, I already know he's going to be on the right track. You know? Already set up an appointment. He had his first uh, appointment with, with that same that we got. You already know. Call, got everything. So he had his first okay. appointment, uh, let's say Wednesday, Monday. That's good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's got to be my best win. You literally saved a life. I mean, That's there's no other way to say it. You literally saved a life. And then not only just his life, his family would have been devastated. I would have been devastated. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So I mean I don't I don't know if he had kids or anything like that, but that's that's you want to talk about putting your kids straight in therapy. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying, you know, it, with me, you know, going in and being able to speak like it's some real life things, you know. They say Ooh, with being yeah. a motivational speaker, you want to, you know, include your life story, and you know, mm -hmm. it's not all about I'm the, you know, I grad, I'm I have a doctorate degree, and it's not all the great things that you did. It's the struggle. Right went through and how you got through it to get to where you are now why are you standing why are you standing in front of them telling them what, you got, what qualifies you three doesn't yeah i mean i i definitely agree with that oh okay man i could talk to you all night but let's <laughs> let's try to uh wrap it up here leave me with one key gem that you want to share with others okay all right so it's this this is i love quotes right and i'm always a quote man y'all I He's love me. But this quote, and I mean, I, I put it in quotation marks if it's somebody else's, but this is mm -hmm. this is my quote. Um, and I say, if it's worth the wait, it's worth the wait. So if it's worth that is wait, trademark, y'all. So don't even try it. If it's worth the wait, W-A-I-T, mm. wait, W-E-I-G. Take my goggles off of that one now. <laughs> say that one more again. <laughs> it's worth the wait. If it's worth the weight, W A I T, okay. it's worth the weight, W E I G H T. So, I mean, you can just plug that in. Y'all can't have that one. Y'all cannot have that one. <laughs> so, I mean, let's say with the speaking thing, um, you know, you don't you don't get paid immediately. You're going to have to do some free speaking engagements. You're going to have yeah. it, it takes some time. It takes time. But if it's worth the wait, when people call me and, you know, they need, you know, it might be, can you come tomorrow? I'm going to make a way. You know, mm -hmm. how much does it cost? How much you charge and how much you paying isn't in my mind. It's mm -hmm. about going out, making an impact, you know, impact. And all of that other stuff comes down the line, you know, so mm -hmm. that, that weight on your shoulders of trying to get your business or whatever it is running. Yeah. You should only be, you know, running this business because it's your passion. That's why you started that business. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely worth the wait. It's never easy. All the bumps in the road that you're gonna have. Absolutely. But at the end of the road, you know, you see that 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 light at the end of the tunnel, and you know all of the amazing things that you want to do down the line. Mm. That's that wait that you're waiting for. W A I T. But all mm -hmm. the bumps in the road and all of that is that W E I G H T. And you just y'all caught that right? Yeah, y'all caught the wordplay. Y'all caught the wordplay. <laughs> Oh man, that that that's amazing. Um, I love that quote. Do not steal that, y'all, for real. It's 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 covered. <laughs> Don't get sued up in here. Um, so so let me uh, tell me. Do you have anything upcoming um, down the pipeline we need to know about? I want everyone to follow him on IG at Mr. Moody. Uh, it's right there for you guys. But uh, yeah, what do you have upcoming? 
upcoming, I'm actually gonna be working on. I'm gonna be working on on a on a course. Um, there's a lot of people been asking me about um how to get into this and how to do it. So I work on a course to teach people how to to be a speaker. But other than that, I mean, look, y'all, Kevin's being modest. He has a challenge coming up, a huge business challenge. Tell him about the business challenge. The the fast track to business success. We had mm-hmm. that. That's actually Monday. next week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually Monday. So on yeah. that fast track to business success challenge, we have uh, eleven or twelve business owners. I mean, they're going to be talking heavy about- hitters too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like mastered their space. We have um, what industries? Lawyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mental health professionals, you know, teach you okay. about mindset. Got people teaching you about business credit. Oh um, yeah, y'all, we need that. If you want to start a business, you know, and you you want to get wealthy, business credit. Yeah, other business people's credit. money, y'all. Other people's money. Um, you have beauty supply owner, luxury beauty supply store. Come on, y'all. Is the only one in her in her city. Mm. And I hear it's only about one percent of a minor or African American. She's gonna trailblazer. Do that, yeah. Um, yes, it's, it's gonna be a lot of info. Uh, I love it. And what are you what are you um teaching on on your your part of this challenge? My part of the challenge will be on leadership. Okay. So you know, um, maybe we'll get a little mindset in there. But since I got leadership, I'm gonna try to keep it on leadership. Like I said, I got a lot of quotes. I was actually up late working on it last night. And um, again, my my goal is just to always provide value. You know, hope people leave out just knowing that they can do it. Whatever it is that you put your mind to, you can do it. And I mean, a, 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 an important part of being a business owner is being a leader, knowing how to lead people. A leader isn't being a CEO. Yeah. That title doesn't mean anything, you know. And the main thing that I've learned about being a leader while looking this stuff up, and I mean, honestly, from living my regular life is that being a leader, you want the people who follow you or who who's beneath you. You want to make sure that they reach the goals that they want to reach. You make mm-hmm. sure they're straight. They're going to make sure you're straight. And also, you want them to surpass you. You want them to surpass you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the quote, I mean, hey, this might be, this going to be a little part of my thing, but you know the quote, uh, you know, you want to work on your business, not in your business. Yep. That's the thing. If you want to be a, a real CEO, like you you out in a on vacation and you see the people kicked up with at, on the beach mm-hmm. not thing and they was yep. there before you and leaving after you hmm. because they're a true leader and they Absolutely. took those people who are underneath them how to run their business so they can be on the beach chilling work on your business not in your business absolutely so. absolutely i love it mr moody thank you so much for uh blessing us with your time once again y'all Follow this young man. You're going to be seeing a lot of him. I'm telling you, mark my words. Uh, any closing words? Closing words. Um, okay. I, I, can I give you four four sentences I typically leave people with at the end of my... my, my oh, yeah, absolutely. Bring it. Okay. So, um, again, my goal is to always inspire, motivate. And so I like to leave your audience with these four sentences that I always leave my audiences. When I tell them, whenever you think about um, life or things getting hard for you, think, think of these four sentences. The first one is happiness is not the absence of problems. It's the ability to deal with them. The second one is feeling sad after making a decision doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. The third one is you're not stressed because you're doing too much. You're stressed because you're doing too little of what makes you feel most alive. Ooh, that's a bar. And the last one is the lesson you struggle with will repeat itself until you learn from it. I love that. 
We could not have closed this out any better. Once again, thank you so much, Kevin Moody. Follow him on IG. This has been the Walk Deep Thoughts Podcast, y'all. Y'all know how I do it. See y'all up at the top because the bottom is way too crowded. Peace.